Okay, if people want to grab their seats. So just, just to encourage you, I just really want to encourage you with Easter Saturday. Um, this barbecue is a great opportunity for outreach. So I want to encourage you that be thinking about who can I invite. Remember, we've heard some really amazing testimonies in this church about people whose lives were changed simply by someone extending an invitation. How many of you know that extending an invitation communicates God's love? So sometimes it's not even about whether someone says yes or no. It's about extending that love and saying, hey, I thought of you. Would you like to come to this event? And I love it that when we do our Easter baptism, uh, when we do our Easter barbecues, that people often say, like, who's paying for all this? And we're able to say, God loves you. And we as a church, we love you. And so we just want to bless you. Generosity is a key that unlocks people's hearts. It softens people's hearts to be open to the good news of Jesus Christ. So I want you to think about who are you going to invite. And remember that if you invite someone, what's the worst that they'll say? No. And what have you lost? Nothing. So I really want to encourage you. I know that... Um, uh, even I was chatting with Matthew Atkins about someone um, who's going to be campaigning to become um, a counselor here in the local area. Uh, I told Matthew, I reached out to this guy and said, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? I'd love to show you around the church and connect with you. And uh, he jumped on it and he said, hey, I'll reach out to him and I'm going to invite him to the barbecue. So he's invited him to the barbecue. So I'm thinking, I know Yinka's got connections as well uh, within the political field as well. So I'm sure Yinka's going to be getting her invite as well. But let's be inviting people. The more that we put out seed, the more that we're going to see a harvest. And I just really do believe it. As we invite people to come on, there's not going to be any preaching. There won't be any you know, praise and worship music. But we get to be the message. We get to be God's love to these people. So are we up for that, guys? Yeah. Let's pray right now for Easter to be a really fruitful time, yeah? Father God, we thank you for this weekend that we get to proclaim the good news about Jesus and that new life is found in you. And we pray, we pray right from the uh, dropping, come and go communion that people will encounter. We pray, Lord, that people will hear your voice that people will be healed, that people will experience uh, the powerful touch of Almighty God. We pray for the, the barbecue, Lord God, that as people are fed physically, Lord, we pray that they're fed spiritually as well. That God, as they just feel and sense your love, your inclusion, your invitation. And Father God, we also lift up Resurrection Sunday and the baptisms, we pray that you would bless every baptismal candidate, that Lord, that this will represent a new season, a new start for each and every person. And Lord, I just pray that Lord, if there's anyone here who hasn't been baptized, who wants to be baptized, who you want to be baptized, Lord, give them that little nudge, that Lord, that they'll step forward courageously and say, yeah, you know what, it's time, I need to be baptized. So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to people, even now, and those watching online, Lord, your word says, repent and be baptized. So, Father, we just thank, thank you that this Easter weekend is going to be really fruitful and it's going to glorify you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, one other thing that I want to encourage you to do. Um, we're a family, right? The church is the family of God. And it doesn't matter wherever you go around the world that you can... Uh, connect with brothers and sisters and know that we're in this together. We're not alone. We were not created to be isolated. We were not created to, to, to be on our own. We were created for community. We were created for connection. 
And so I just really want to encourage you because sometimes when people are struggling, sometimes people don't come along because maybe they're ill, maybe they've got stuff going on. Sometimes people, you know, experiencing a season of discouragement. And so I want to encourage us as the family of God to share responsibility that if you notice someone's not around, then reach out to them. Something about just the power of someone sending a little text saying, hey, I've missed you lately. How are you doing? How can I be praying for you? Maybe it's sending out a Facebook message or an Instagram message or you know, whatever social uh, media platforms that you're on. But, you know, or making a phone call. Or if you know, you know, go, going around someone's house, inviting them for a coffee or whatever. But I think as we do that, it's, it's something that it cannot just rely on, you know, Laura and I. Because sometimes people are missing and we don't, we don't always see who's not here. But as the family of God, as we share this responsibility, recognizing that we're in this together and we're all called to be pastoral in our hearts towards one another. So are we up for that, guys? Oh, come on, we can do better than that. It's, it's, all, it's all about sharing God's love. It's all about everyone's a VIP and recognizing that we live for a cause far greater than our own. It's not just about us. It's about loving God. It's about loving people. Well, as part of the service today, we, we're going to be having a, a dedication. We're going to be dedicating uh, Eliana. And sometimes people, people ask, you know, where does this whole concept of dedication come from? Well, dedication is a little bit like a christening. In, you know, some church traditions, they'll have what's called a, uh, a christening, where they'll uh, sprinkle a baby with water. Well, we don't do the sprinkling with water. Sometimes we might uh, anoint with oil. Um, but what we do is what's found in the Bible, which is dedication. And in Luke chapter 2, you can read about how that Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus into the temple to be dedicated. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to be dedicated? Some translations talk about consecration. Some, uh, you know, uh, when you look up that word dedication, you can find surrender. You can find, you know, to give, to bring before. So in this time of dedication, this is about uh, the parents bringing their child forward and saying, we're dedicating this child to you. We're consecrating this child. We're surrendering, committing this child's life into your hands and recognizing that this child is a gift from you. Now, Mary and Joseph, they went to the temple in Jerusalem. They brought Jesus and there they encountered a, a guy called Simeon. Simeon was a righteous man who was very devout. He's very committed to his faith. And it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him, but he was led by the Holy Spirit to go to the temple at that right time. How many of you know that we can be led by the Spirit? And sometimes just listening to those inner little promptings within and then we're like, oh, I just had this sense that I should be somewhere, that I should go somewhere. That's what happened to Simeon. He had this little internal nudge. You need to go to the temple because something very significant is going to happen. So he listened to the Spirit. He went to the temple, and they saw Jesus as a baby, as an infant. And he did three things, three things that he did. And they all begin with P. He, first of all, he praised God. Then he prophesied and he prayed. So he praised God, he prophesied, and he prayed. When we have these times of dedication, it's about us praising God. We've been spending some time this morning praising God. But we're also going to have a time as well where we're going to pray a blessing over the child, over the parents, and if there are godparents or supporting family members, we'll pray for them as well. But also, we do like to ask God, have you got anything, God, that you want to specifically say for this child? 
And so I was spending some time this morning and yesterday just saying, Lord, what do you want to say about Eliana? What do you want to say about her life? And I want to encourage you because it's not just about me hearing from God. If you are a human being, you can hear from God as well. You, you can, you know, it's just like picking up radio frequencies. You know, you turn the radio on, you go to the right frequency, you're going to tune in, you're going to hear a sound. You're going to hear some communication. And the Bible says that it says, my sheep hear my voice. This is what Jesus said. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we have been given the equipment to hear God's voice. But it's not just enough to be hearing that heavenly frequency. God's calling us to follow as well. So he normally has something for us to do as well. So Simeon, he praises God, he prophesies, and he prays. And uh, just to encourage you that if you get a word, I want to encourage you, go and share it with, you know, Elijah and the family. This is what I sense God was saying, and I'm sure they'll be really blessed by that. In Luke 2, verse 40, after Jesus is dedicated, and hopefully we've got this coming up on, on the slide here, it says, uh, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So there's some, there was something that shifted that took place here, this blessing that there was an increase in wisdom and grace that was poured out um, as well. Well, I'm going to invite the parents to come forward uh, for um, Eliana. So if the parents can come forward, that would be wonderful. Okay, they might be downstairs at the moment, but that's okay. Um, I wanna, well, I want to jump in and ask you this, because today we're dedicating a child. We're also, it's also about dedicating the parents and the family as well, saying we are going to live for you and we're going to play our role in supporting the child. But I want to ask you today, who and what have you dedicated your life to? Who and what have you dedicated your life to? Because the reality is we've all dedicated our lives to something or someone, whether we know it or not. Normally, it's associated and linked in with where we spend a lot of our time, where our heart's affection is. Some people have dedicated their lives to football or sport. Now, let me say this. I love football. I'm a big Pompey fan, okay? But my life, the purpose and meaning of my life is not about a bunch of 22 guys kicking a bag of wind around. There is more to life than this. And, and we can fill in that gap, you know, maybe where we think that, you know, our life is about our work or we think it's about, you know, earning qualifications or uh, our life is about entertainment or whatever it is, fill the gap in. We can have these things where we end up dedicating our lives to things that have very little eternal value. And so I want to challenge you to say, what and who is your life dedicated to? The most important one that we can dedicate our lives to is God. Yes, we should be dedicated to our family, but number one, God must be first. That's what the Bible says, that there is one God, there is no other, have no other gods before him. So we can have a blessing, but let's never put the blessing above the blesser. So it's about, you know, the giver has given us a gift. This child is a gift that's been given to this family, okay? But the moment we start channeling all our focus on lifting up this child, we can, how many of you know we can shift into idolatry? That, that sounds quite serious, but it's when we end up pushing the gift, elevating and saying, this gift is more important than the giver. There's only one God. Let's keep him first. So I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to dedicate your life to the giver of life, the sustainer of life, the most amazing one of all, the God of love that we've been singing about today. I want to encourage you. And you might be saying, oh, but, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a child. I'm not a baby. You know, I can't, 
I haven't had you know, a dedication service like this before. That's okay. If you're here today, you can dedicate your life. It's about a choice. Choosing to make a decision to say, I want to give my life to Christ. Now, I don't know, have we, got, have we got any of the slides up? There was an email that was sent out. We haven't got that. Maybe if we can try and find that, there is an email that's on there, and it's got a prayer that I'd love to be able to put up to show everyone so that we can pray that together. But first of all, let's invite the family up. So let's invite um, Eliana and the family to come forward. So godparents and supporting family, if you want to come out as well, you're all welcome. Just come to the front here, supporting family, friends. Feel free if you want to come up the front here. Okay, yes, it comes to the front, guys. Plenty of space. Come on, why don't we give them a round of applause as they all come forward. There's plenty of room, guys. Plenty of room on, on the stage. So if you want to come up. Wonderful. Great to see lots of supporting friends and family members. Love it. Fantastic. So here we have Eliana. This is Eliana, and isn't she beautiful? And her name means... God has answered. That's beautiful, isn't it? Great, great choice of name. God has answered. And just as I was praying and just really asking for a word uh, of the Lord for Eliana, I just really felt like this. Yes, Eliana, God has answered. So she, she has been an answer to prayer in your lives, but I also felt like the Lord saying, but also she is going to have many answers of prayer herself, that there's going to be an authority that when she prays, things shift, that things happen, that blessings fall. So I felt like there was an authority on, uh, uh, like an intercessory anointing upon her life that we're all called to pray and talk to God, but then there are particular individuals who have like, it's almost like an extra clout, there's like this gift of faith. And so I felt like that, that she was going to also have many prayers answered as well. But also I felt this, she's actually going to be an answer of prayer to many other people. You know, sometimes we can be the answer to the prayers that we're praying. You know, maybe we're praying and we're asking, you know, God, I, you know, I need some guidance. And someone comes along and gives some guidance. That person has just been the answer to the prayer that you've prayed. Maybe you're in a position where there's some, uh, there's some lack in your life and someone comes along and brings some provision. That person has just been the answer to the prayer that you've prayed, the fulfillment of it. So I really felt that for uh, Eliana, that yes, she's an answer to prayer. She's going to have her prayers answered, but also, oh, I love that smile. Beautiful. But also, she is going to be the answer to many other people's prayers as well. So it's a real blessing to be part of this, and I love the fact that there's such a, a good crowd of people here saying, we are with you, we're standing with you. So I just want to address uh, the parents, and uh, first of all, before we pray, before we bless, uh, I want to ask you guys, you know, are you here today because you want to dedicate um, Eliana? If you agree with that, say, we, we do. Yes, we do. You're here and you're dedicating. Are you here and saying, declaring that yes? 
we're going to raise Eliana as the best that we can. We know that parents are not perfect. We're all a work in progress. But you're here and you're saying that we want to try and our best to raise her, to dedicate her life to God so that she can fulfill God's purpose and calling upon her life. If you agree with that, say, uh, we will. We will. Now I'm going to address the extended family and friends that are here supporting. And I want to ask you, will you play your role in supporting, encouraging, in being a blessing in each of your unique ways that you can do that? If you agree to that, say we will. Guys, it would be really great for us to um, really show our support as a congregation. So should we stand to our feet? I'm going to anoint uh, Eliana with oil. This was something that happens uh, in the Bible when there is a, it's almost like a marking for a significant calling and purpose. It was done over kings and priests. And so we're, we're going to be doing this as a sign, a prophetic sign that, that today something's going to happen in the spiritual realm that there is going to be a blessing that's going to be imparted. And so what I want to encourage you to do, just as our way, this is one of the things that we do as a church, that we say that we're with you, we're for you, is just by reaching out our hands towards the child. So why don't we reach out our hands towards the child, uh, Eliana and the family, and we're just going to bless her right now. So let's begin to pray. Come on, guys, you know how to pray. We thank you for Eliana. We just right now, we anoint her in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord God, that you have answered, that she is an answer to prayer. Thank you, God, for that. But, Lord God, I thank you that, Lord God, you also say that you hear her prayers and that, Lord, you're going to answer her prayers, that there is an authority for intercession. So we pray that you teach her to hear your voice, to speak your word, to proclaim your word. And we thank you that through her life that uh, many prayers are going to be answered. Great exploits are going to be carried out. And Lord God, we thank you as well that God, you're going to use her to be the answer to other people's prayers that they are praying. So Lord God, we just bless, we dedicate, we commission, we surrender, we yield and say, Eliana belongs to you, Jesus. We give her to you. And say, let your will be done in her life. And may nothing, no one, no thing ever derail or stop the plan of God prevailing in her life. We bless her as a community. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's reach out to the parents as well, Lord. We bless them as well. Thank you for them. Thank you for their role. We dedicate them to you. We bless them. We pray for strength. We pray for wisdom. We pray for grace. We pray for patience. We pray, Lord God, that you supply them with everything they need to carry out a great job in raising Eliana in the ways of the Lord. And God, we bless as well. We bless the supporting friends and family as well. We thank you for them as well. We want to pray, let your wisdom be upon them. And I just want to encourage those of you that are standing and supporting, when you get that little nudge, you get that little thought, they spring to mind, reach out, follow that little prompting, because it's amazing how many times when you get this little nudge, you reach out and they're like, oh, you don't know how timely your text is, or you don't know how timely that, that message was. I'm struggling at the moment. I've got some decisions to make, and I needed some wisdom. I want to encourage you, because we're wired to hear from God. And sometimes God's speaking and, we, and we're just not even aware of it. So I really want to encourage you. And I bless each and every one of you right now. And I pray that for every one of you standing with a family right now, that you will fulfill every plan and purpose that God has for your lives as well. I pray for the peace and the protection, the power of God to be upon your lives. And that you too will yield your life to him in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give him a round of applause, guys? Bless you. Bless you. Bless. Did we manage to find the prayer?
Wonderful. We do have the prayer. So if you're here today and you're saying, if I, if I said to you, is, have you dedicated your life to God? And if you're like, no or I don't know, but you would like to, I want to invite you, I want to extend an opportunity to pray a prayer to dedicate your life to God today. So we got a prayer up on the screen. The Bible says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is about saying yes to God, the one that you were created by and for. And when we say yes to God, our lives are forever changed. This is not about saying yes to religion. This is about saying yes to a relationship with the God of the universe, a God of love. And when we say yes to him, we become one with him. So if you would like to pray this prayer, I want to encourage you to to pray it with me. So if you'd like to pray this prayer, and I know for some of you it's going to be about a rededication. You've already prayed a prayer similar to this, but for you it's about saying, no, I want to make a recommitment to Christ. Then I invite you as well to join in. So there'll be three categories of people, those who are praying for the first time. And this is about you becoming a new creation today. There's those of you here today that you've already prayed a prayer like that, but it's about a rededication. And then the third category of people, you're just going to pray it to encourage everyone else. Because we're an encouraging people. So let's pray this prayer right now from our hearts like we mean it. Okay, all together. Lord God, I dedicate my life to you. I choose to put my faith and trust in you. You are the giver and sustainer of life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me on a cross so that I could have new life. Please forgive me of all sin and give me a brand new start. Help me to grow in faith and friendship with you. Let your will be done in my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, if you prayed that, yeah, let's give a round of applause for that. Because for some of you, it's like a transition from the caterpillar to the butterfly. That suddenly, it's like this shift, this change, that life becomes way more vibrant. There's a lot more freedom and color in your life. We become born again, as the Bible tells us. But I want to encourage you, if you prayed that for the first time, first of all, tell someone about it. Preferably someone who will be pleased for you and will encourage you. Because not everyone gets it and understands. And that's okay, because everyone's at a different place. My, my mum became a Christian when she was 30, and my dad was 19 when he became uh, a Christian. I became a Christian at four. My granddad became a Christian, I think, when he was 76. It's not about how old you are, but it's about making that decision that you know my life is dedicated to God. It's an amazing thing. So tell someone about it. It's going to be happy for you. Start reading the Bible because it's the primary way that God speaks to us. I would encourage you to start with the New Testament. The Bible is it has actually 66 books. The second part of it is really centered around Jesus. So I'd encourage you to start with the second part. Start with the New Testament about Jesus. Read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and begin to talk to God each day in prayer. To know that He that you can talk to Him about anything, anywhere, any place. You can just, it's like the best friend ever. And he listens to us. And he gets us. You ever felt, you know, misunderstood at times? You felt like no one gets me? He completely gets you. Because he made you. So talk to him. But remember, prayer is not just about yakking away at God. It's also about listening. 
And we need to learn sometimes to be still, to be quiet, tune in. What's God saying here? And it's about recognizing. He's always broadcasting. It's about getting tuned into the right frequency. And then I want to encourage you as well. Be part of a good church. A church that believes the Bible. A church that gives room for the Holy Spirit to move. Okay? A church that's about loving God, loving people. And that's going to help you grow in your relationship with God. We were created for community, not to go it alone. That's going to help you grow in your faith. Well, I was sent uh, on WhatsApp uh, recently this this really cool, um, funny, but wise lessons about Noah's Ark. You can read the story in Genesis 7 and 8, but I wanted to share it with you because some of them are quite funny, but they're really profound as well. So here's uh, 11 lessons um, that we can learn from Noah's Ark. Number one, don't miss the boat. Those that missed it really regretted it. Don't miss the boat. Number two, remember that we're all in the same boat. Number three, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. Turn to your neighbor and say, plan ahead. Number four, number four, stay fit. When you're really old, someone may ask you to do something really big. Number five, don't listen to the critics. Just get on with a job that needs to be done. Number six, build your future on high ground. Number seven, for safety's sake, Travel in pairs. Number eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails were on board with the cheetahs. Some of you needed to hear that. Number nine, when you're stressed, float a while. Number ten, remember the ark was built by amateurs the Titanic by professionals. And then number 11, no matter the storm, when you are with God, there's always a rainbow waiting. I just really wanted just to share a few words of encouragement today really with you and and, and share some prophetic insight that I believe God's put on my heart for us as a community. And I wanted to kind of build on a little bit more because I was thinking about that Noah thing and it really just spoke to me. Because the story of Noah is that Noah and his family, they went through a storm. How many of you know we've been going through a storm? Like, the pandemic has been a really big storm. I mean... There's been days where, you know, I've been really up and really, you know, happy and cheerful and great, you know, where we've got more flexibility and there's a lot of positives that have come out of this season, right? I mean, there's been a lot of technological advancements and flexibility with work has been great. But also there's been a lot of challenges. So there has been days, and I'm sure people, well, I know people can relate here, there's been days where I haven't even wanted to get out of bed. I'd say, Lord, help me today. Give me that motivation for the day ahead. Because we all face challenges and difficulties in life. That's reality. How many of you know life's not always a bed of roses? It's not all rainbows and candy floss and toffee apples. There are challenges. So, Noah, it's a, it's a really inspiring story because... They were really godly people, but they went through a storm. And they went through, and it, it, it says in the Bible that it rained. There was like torrential rain. For how many days? Forty days. Forty days it rained. So there was this storm. And it says that it wasn't just about the torrents that came down from above, but it was also about the 
the reservoirs from within, the fountains from within the earth that burst up. So there was water coming from above and from below as well for 40 days. It was really extreme. But, but then it wasn't just 40 days, as sometimes people think that 40 days and then that was it. But it wasn't. It went on for another 110 days where it was lightly raining. But not heavy rain. The kind of extremities were over. But then there was a further 110 days where it was lightly raining. Okay? There was a season, a time of transition. And then the waters began to recede. And then the mountaintops began to appear. But it didn't all happen instantaneously. There was a, a, a time of transition. So after the 40 days, there was then a further 331 days. So think about that. Think about it. You're Noah. And, there's this, and, and his family, and there's been this extreme storm where you thought, are we going to survive? This is crazy. This is really scary. I mean, if you've ever seen any videos, you know, on YouTube where, where there's a cruise, have you ever seen the videos where there's like a cruise in a storm and all the cables are sliding and everyone's like trying to keep up and people are being ill and think about that. 40 days, extreme. Then it stops and there's just light rain and you think, oh, okay, maybe the ark probably by them with all the animals on. How many of you think it might have been smelling a little bit? Yeah, 100%. So it's getting hot, it's getting crowded, people are getting a bit like restless, they want their freedom, but they're cooped up, they feel restricted, they're in isolation. But then you've got to wait another 331 days as you transition. So that means, if you do the math there, Noah and his family were on the ark for a total of 371 days. Six days over a full year. That's amazing. It was a time of transition. And I believe prophetically that we as a people are in a season where we're in transition. There has been an extreme storm there has been some, some rain, some floods, some devastation, some losses along the way. We've been in extreme storm. But it was like Noah's Ark went into kind of a holding pattern where it's like an aeroplane that before it lands, it's got to make sure that the runway is clear. And so you've got to make sure that all the baggage is off the runway, that you know, any other planes or you know, steps that are going out or whatever. All the clutter has to be cleared so that the plane can land. But if a plane cannot land, or if it's not time for it to land, it will basically go in a pattern, a holding pattern, where it begins to circle. Then when the time is right, then it will come into landing. That was kind of like Noah's Ark. They had gone through their painful storm, but then there was a season of transition where it were required faith and patience. They had to be patient and wait because there's something about the timing of God that is crucial. If I was to, to uh, give you an analogy to help try and explain this, how many of you like to bake? Any bakers here? There's a few bakers around that like baking. Yeah, they like making cakes. Okay. Now you'll know there's something about timing. And those of you that cook, there's something about timing, isn't there? Because if you have all the right ingredients, you mix it together, let's say you're making a cake, and you take it out too soon, what's going to happen? It's, it's going to stick. It's going to be a mess. It's not going to be edible. Okay? So don't take it out too soon. But as well, if you leave it in too long, then what's going to happen? It's going to be dry, it's going to be burnt, it's going to be black, it's not going to look good, it's not going to taste good. Okay, it's going to be like eating charcoal. 
There's something about the timing that is important. And I want to say to you, for some of you that are feeling a little bit impatient about your transition, don't worry, guys. It's on God's timing. It's not going to be too late. It's not going to be too soon. It's going to be at the perfect divine time. So we have to have faith in the midst while we're waiting, while we're looking around, and it looks like I can't see any land. I can't see any mountaintops. You're looking around. It's still raining a bit. In the natural, it seems like it's hopeless. But hope is coming. I want you to hear that in your spirit. Hope is coming. Change is coming. A new era is coming. And for some of you that have felt very discouraged and very demoralized by what you're seeing in the natural, don't be moved by what you see in the physical. Because God is at work. A new era is about to begin. Once a month, I meet with the other pastors and leaders uh, in the city. We have a group that's called One Body. There's probably about 20, 25 churches that are represented, and we come together and we pray and we encourage one another and just build relationships, really. Here's what I found is with that group of people, you connect more around your vulnerabilities and your weakness and your struggles than over your successes and victories. I don't know if you've ever been around, you know, uh, uh, certain people where you get around and they just want to tell you how great they are. How many of you hate that? I, I, I hate that. Like, hey, how many of you got in your church? Well, hey, we got about 150. Well, we got about 1,500. <laughs> um, you know, you say, well, you know, uh, I've got, I, I, you know, I, I got uh, a degree. You've only got one degree? I've got three degrees. I've got one car. I've got three cars. Yeah, It's like they always, you know, bettering one another. And, and But what, what I found is that actually in that group of guys, it's like just sharing real life. Saying, hey, I've had a, I've had a tough week. Well, yes, yeah, so have I. These are the challenges I'm facing. We can share in successes and victories as well. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's make sure that we're being real, that it's not just showing all the highlights, that we're not being authentic and saying, hey, can I be real? My family's not perfect. My health is not perfect. My situation is not perfect. But we meet as a group anyway. We do that once, once a month. And it's great for encouraging unity because we're all one family in God. Amen. And... When we were there, we were praying, so we support one another through praying for one another. Because we recognize we can't do it alone. We need one another. And so when we were praying for one another, there was an opportunity for us to, if God's sharing anything with you for each individual, you could share it with them. And one of the pastors, one of the leaders shared a word for me. And I wanted to share it with you because I don't just believe it's a word for me. I believe it's a word for we. And it was something that really resonated because it really connected. The guy who's sharing the word, he said, he said, I'm not really into computer games. I don't play them. I just find them really boring. But I've got this picture of you, like you being like playing a computer game. And you're at the end of a level. And he said, it's like a first-person per shooter. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have played like Halo. You might be aware of that. It's a good game. And so, yeah, it's a first-person perspective, so you're looking out as if you're the person. And there's missions to, to be, you know, that you go on missions and you collect various things and conquer various territory. And it's not uncommon that when you get to the end of a level, that your energy levels are right down, and all of your ammo and resources are right down, they're really low, and then when you get to the end of the level, normally there's like, it will say like, hit continue, you know, continue. And then you'll click on that, and then basically the computer then takes over, and a new part of the narrative and the story unwinds. You can kind of catch your breath again, kind of feel good about that, you know, you've overcome these adversities that you faced. And then what happens after the story continues and you've clicked continue, 
then you go to the next level, and you know what happens to your energy, your strength? It goes back up. And do you know what happens to, to your ammo? It goes up again. And do you know what sometimes even happens is you get upgrades. You've got new weapons, new uh, armor. It's like you don't have to do anything. All you need to do to tap into that is continue. I feel like the Spirit of God on me today saying for some of you that maybe feel depleted, that you feel like your strength is low, that maybe you feel like, you know, that your ammo is run out, that you feel like there's not much more I can, can give. I just feel like the Lord saying, God's word is continue. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say to them, just continue. Ephesians 6.13 to the first part of 14 says this, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. What's it saying? What's it saying? Don't give up. Kick continue. Don't give up. Kick continue. Don't give up. Just continue. Galatians 6, 9. This is the amplified version and it says this. Let us not grow weary of become or become discouraged in doing good. For the proper time... Everyone say proper time. Proper English. At the proper time, we will reap. Not you might reap. You could reap. No, you will reap. And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. If, if we do not give in, turn to your neighbor and say, don't give in. What's it saying? It's saying, hit continue, keep on keeping on. The reward is on its way. This is a season of transition. We must not give up or give in. We must continue to walk the path that the Lord has preordained for us. And in this season, we must also remain focused and we must stay in position to receive. It says that Jesus set his face like a flint and he was focused on his mission. And some of you guys have, have got your eyes off focus. And God's saying it's time to get focused again, to get your eyes on Jesus, to get your eyes on the mission that he has for your life. And we're here to being called to stay in position to receive. And I was just reading through Genesis 26. And there it talks about how that Isaac was in a position, in a place where there was a famine in the land. It was a tough time. It was a tough storm and season that they were going through. And so he's in a place called Gerar, and it says that the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while. I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all of these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands and decrees and instructions. And here's what it says in verse 6. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. There's something about staying in position. When everyone else is fleeing to Egypt, because that was what was happening. There was a famine in the land, so you think, well, I need to get away from the famine, and I need to go to the place where there's loads of abundance, which was Egypt, the superpower. But God's word was, no, don't go to Egypt. Stay right where you are in Gerar. Because not only 
there's a greater blessing coming for you, but also there's a greater blessing coming for your offspring as well, for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. There's a domino effect of blessing that is coming. But here's the word of the Lord. Stay still. Stay where you are. Don't miss out. Don't run off in panic and make a decision in in fear or following the crowd. But follow the word of the Lord and see his abundance poured out in your life like never before. Well, I hope that word has encouraged you, blessed you. Shall we stand to our feet? We're going to pray as we close. Father God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you that you speak to us in so many different ways. God, you're always communicating with us. Open our eyes to see more clearly, to hear those things that you're, that you're speaking, Lord. Help us to recognize the, the signs that you're showing us. And Lord God, I pray that we won't just hear, we won't just see, but Lord, we will put our faith into action. As you give us instructions, as you tell us what to do, where to go, who to, who, who to uh, engage with, Lord. I pray that we will follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, as we have had this service today about dedication, Lord, we just say we dedicate our lives to you. We dedicate this church to you. We dedicate our city to you. We dedicate our nation and the nations of the earth. We dedicate and say, God, they belong to you. They belong to you. Father God, I just pray right now that you bless and touch every individual. I pray that they would fulfill everything that you have in store for them. Help them to grow in faith. Help them to grow in friendship with you, Lord God. And Lord God, help your people, help your people to stay in position to receive where you're saying, no, don't run off in fear. Stay right where you are. Continue and watch what I will do. God, help us to keep focus. Lord, we repent. We say sorry for the times we've been distracted by lesser things that have no eternal value. And we pray, stir up a fresh passion in our hearts to focus on those things that will really matter in light of eternity. We pray and ask all of this in the precious presence of God the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, Amen.